Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good, very, very good. Sorry about that. A little technical problem on my end here. Very good Saturday morning to you. It is a beautiful. I mean, the sun is shining and the birds are chirping. It's that kind of Saturday morning, and it is. Uh, Drive Time Radio, I am your uh, happy-to-be-here host, New York Vinny. Always happy to spend an hour with you on a Saturday morning, hanging out and talking cars, something I love to do. And hopefully, uh, if you listen to this show, you love to do it, too. Not only do you love to talk cars, but you also love to, um, to talk to people. And listen to conversations about people who love to talk about cars. So we uh, we are glad you are here, and we hope to have a very entertaining show for you this morning. We start out by checking in with our man on the road, Jeffy Hooden, who is, uh, from what I understand, in Yellowstone National Park this morning, which is a great you know listen, this is a, a great place to be. And on the road is a place right now, which I think is a great place to be. I'll be going on the road this week um, on Wednesday. And we will do this show next week if everything works out like we think it's going to um, from Bonneville Speed Week in Bonneville, uh, Utah. So uh, it'll, we'll have a lot of fun there. Hopefully get some interviews. I have to take a trip to Utah. And so... Um, this uh, next show, the next week, will come to you hopefully live uh, from Bonneville, Utah. As long as we can get the internet connection up and Nathan uh, can direct me in the right direction, which he always does, we will have a lot of fun. Good morning, Nathan. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. I can't agree more about today. Just a perfect day to get out and drive. Yeah, it really is. Now, you have to be a little careful where you drive. Uh, because obviously, as anybody who knows the state uh, and, and the country right now knows that there are several fires raging in the uh, central and eastern part of the state. So before you go, like if you're thinking of heading out to Winthrop, uh, Methow Valley, places like that, uh, Wenatchee, check before you go. And if you don't have to go to these fire areas, don't go. It's um, the, the firemen are doing, uh, fire people, firefighters are doing a wonderful job of trying to keep these fires uh, contained and trying to, you know, try to save people's homes and lives. Uh, and they don't need you to sit there and take films of it or uh, video with your phone or anything like that. I don't mean to be preachy here, but let them do their jobs. I mean, I have friends that live out there uh, in the Methow Valley, and it's um, it's a mess. The air quality is horrible. The uh, you know, I just I pray for these people, man. I pray for the firefighters. I pray for the people that live out there. Uh, I really do. It's uh, it's something to think about. So if you're planning on taking a drive, if you're saying, "Oh, it's a great day to go out to." Uh, Winthrop out there and twist and go out there and get uh, something from the bakery and sit outside. I hate to say this because I know people are economically hurt, but it might not be the best time to do it. Those roads need to be open. And those, uh, uh, those people uh, don't need additional people there to uh, gum up the works, to park their cars on the grass and maybe by accident start another fire. That's the last thing. We need to see right now. Also, if you are going on vacation, you're going on the road, there are plenty of fire maps on um, uh, Google that you can look at exactly where these fires are. The uh, Especially if you're heading south, you're going to Oregon. Um, check the map first because, you know, if you are like me, and you do some of the things that I do. I don't, you know, I, you know, if you go down I five, you're probably going to be okay. 
But if you're like me and you like to get off and travel through the back roads and through the forest and get in touch with nature, find a swimming hole, jump in, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, that makes a summer vacation special if you're doing it by car. Uh, find the little places that, you know, you, you, you take the picture and you put it on Facebook and everybody goes, wow, that's a cool place. I never heard of that before. Well, if you're going that way and you're doing that, check the fire maps because uh, the fire down in, uh, uh, well, there's a bunch of fires raging in Southern Oregon and Northern California. And again, you don't want to get caught up in these fires. You don't want to block access to things. You just, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, you're a listener, uh, you're a friend. I'm concerned about uh, you. So I, again, I don't mean to sound preachy on this. I just need, mean to sound that it uh, mean to say that it's it's a time in our uh, in our lives uh, where we're faced with natural disasters uh, by the truckload. Uh, I don't remember it ever being like this uh, in my 65 years of hanging out. But again, all right. Um, as I said, coming up uh, in just a minute, Jeff Ehuden is going to join us. Good friend of mine going to jump on with us uh, this uh, in the next segment, uh, Lance Lambert. If you know the name, a uh, uh, guy who has uh, been around for years and years, has done uh, a, a, a gaggle of episodes of the Vintage Vehicle Show. He hosts that, he appraises cars, he emcees car shows. And we're just going to spend some time talking to him about classic cars. Uh, I'm especially interested in one of the cool things I think that has come up for car owners these days, and that is the, uh, for classic car owners, and that is the ability to electrify your classic car. Uh, GM sells a kit, an out-of-the-box kit that you can put into a, a, a GM product, and it, you know, batteries and wiring and everything, and you slip that in, you take out the old, V8, you slip that in, and now you have an electric car. So now you, instead of buying that little mini 55 Chevy golf cart, you can have an actual size 55 Chevy golf cart. I don't know 100% about how I feel about it, you know, because I'm one of those guys that like to keep the car original. Uh, but listen, as much as you want to keep the car original, uh, you know, you got to go with technology, right? I mean, I know lots of people that have Corvettes that came with drum brakes that have put disc brakes on them uh, because they stop safer. Power brakes because they stop safer. It's safer. It's an improvement on the car that doesn't take away from the aesthetics of the car, but yet may save your life. And, you know, if you have somebody that's that, that's that much of a stickler for originality, when you sell the car, you save the parts and you give them to them when you sell them the car. Very simple. All right, let's uh, hit the line now uh, and get out on the drive time line and talk to our good friend, Jeffy Hooden, who is joining us uh, as he does his drive toward a cure to uh, help find a cure for Parkinson's disease. I believe he is in uh, the beautiful, uh, spectacular Yellowstone National Park this morning. Jeff, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning, Vinny. I'm doing beautiful. And yes, I am. Uh in Yellowstone, and we just had another wolf sighting. So just just about twenty five minutes ago. Yeah, tell me about, uh, so about the wolf, man. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of an interesting deal. And when I went to Yellow, actually, a few times I've been to Yellowstone. I don't think I ever spot. I mean, I've seen bears and other various and sundry wildlife, usually walking, you know, up and down a highway. Uh, but I've never seen a wolf. Um, tell me a little bit about the uh, the spectacularness. Of, of seeing something like that. Oh, it's incredible. Well, the whole, anyone who's interested, there's a, there's a tremendous documentary, and you can see a lot of um, footage on YouTube, and it's actually something my father, who passed in January, was very passionate about and had, had donated to very early on, going back to the 90s. Um, they reintroduced um, a wolf pack in uh, 41 wolves in 95, and now there's about six packs and um if you come up i'm up i'm looking right at the beautiful slough creek um, canyon and um so there's a den here and then there's another den nearby and what's really important to understand is that they're a keystone predator 
And so when they came back, uh, it changed to the herding patterns of all of the grazing animals, and that allowed the tall grasses to come back. That allowed uh, beavers to come in. And um, if you look at a photograph of this valley, what I'm looking at from uh, 30, 40 years ago, uh, it's all barren and stripped out. And now it's um, lush. And we just had a, a herd of bison kind of run through. So this is where the grizzlies are. I'm up in the northeastern part of Yellowstone. And, uh, and look, this is, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we can love and feel passionate about. Wolves are a uh, integral part. Now he's got a, you know, always got a, a rough shake on it. You know, thinking they're evil, they're this or that, and they're they're family creatures. They're matriarchal societies, and they form lifelong bonds, and uh, and they're just really beautiful. So something important to my dad, and that's really why I'm out on the 75 days of summer. Um, that was my personal kind of reason to get out and put all these thousands of miles on my fresh truck and and get it all grimy. <laughs> so. Well, it's, that's it's, it's maybe the best reason to do it in memoriam of somebody. Uh, and I'm sorry to hear about your yeah. dad. And uh, yeah. but you know the way we honor people sometimes is uh, by yeah. getting out on the yeah. road. I mean, it's, uh, you know, no, uh, it. my brother He's who here. I did several cross country trips with passed away several years ago and. Every time I go cross country, I feel like I honor him uh, by taking yeah. that drive uh, yeah. because we solve the problems of the world on those drives. Yeah. You know, every, we, we yeah. figured everything yeah. out. We should have been president and vice president by the time we went from New York to San Francisco. Uh, it, it was yeah. a, an amazing thing. Um, how, how is Yellowstone? Uh, you know, you hear reports of timed entry. You hear reports of fires. If somebody was uh, was going to jump in their car and their camper and head out there uh, for a vacation this uh, around this time or in August or last week of July here, what do they find out there? Is it smoky? Is it clear? What's uh, what's I the use situation? a little bit, yeah. So you, there is a little bit of haze. Like last night, uh, we were all hanging out. You see the wolves in, in the morning and the evening, and so they were out, but it was very hazy. So that was the first time I really saw it. Um, a change and so today is different i've been here in the week and you know there's a lot of cars but at first thing i'm pulling in and i have to actually drive to this spot it's funny exactly where the wolves are is is where there's service and it was it was it was pretty packed there's a lot of people so you know it's doable though it's such a big part uh park um i personally haven't made it down to you know places like um, old faithful and all that I've, I've, I've seen that i'm happier up and i'm actually up in montana and camping on the montana side and so this is just the sort of northernmost wildest part of the park and it's, yeah, it, and it's gorgeous and the road it's actually one of my favorite parts of the park here. because it's less it's yeah. the part part less traveled you know so everybody yeah. goes to old faithful and all the stuff that's yeah. you know down and you know closer to I guess the Badlands and that that area to do that trip through. Yeah. Uh, but the northern yeah. part of the park is less occupied, and I, I think uh, there's as many things to see there. They're just not the commercial yeah. things that are on the postcards and everything like that. Um, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, I, now, I, I gotta say that? this though. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, get get get, Jeff. What what I was going to say is, you know, the one thing we haven't really talked about is cars on this. And, and as you know, I found a, a Gen 2, a 13 Tacoma with a six-speed manual. And they're dirt roads that go on for miles, you know, a dozen miles or more. And people are for sure not going off on those. And it's not like I'm driving crazy. But to get this truck, I, I cannot. I've always known that Toyota trucks are great, and I'm like Marty McFly uh, at the end of Back to the Future. You know, I, I grew up reading Dirt Bike magazine, and there was always Toyota trucks and Datsun trucks to advertise. I always wanted one, but now that I have one and it's sick and I'm living out of it, I, I can't believe when I was in the car industry and, and on the Maserati and Ferrari side, when we would get a new car, we would do evaluations and try to really understand that what it was promising, what it did really well and where it fell short. 
and then sort of craft how we would communicate the car from that. And I just can't, I'm having a hard time finding anything that this truck doesn't do really well and isn't really fun about it. could probably get a little bit better gas mileage. It's a big four liter six. Um, but in terms of performance, Vinny, I'm taking these back roads and it just couldn't, I couldn't be having more fun. And, um, and I was just laughing like a kid yesterday in this one road. I've driven a couple of them this year and, um, uh, especially the, uh, the TRD, the off-road, the one, especially outfitted yeah, for off-road. Yeah. And, uh, man, I, I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, I, I take it up to the, uh, to the mountains up here by Darrington up on the forest roads and it will take you, uh, up that road uh, to uh, places of solace with, without any effort at all. And you see so many of them. I mean, it, it is the yeah. preferred truck of, uh, of the off-road crowd. And, you know, it's interesting now. Um, last week I drove a Ranger uh, Tremor from Ford, and yeah. it seems now that everybody is putting out a, uh, a, a truck that's trying to knock the home yeah. off. But to come out, like a five-year, yeah. uh, ten-year uh, head start on them. Yeah, yeah. I had an I had an OG Ranger for a while. I love that truck uh, before this one. But um, yeah, no, I I, I just um, either you know, there's a lot of great trucks out there in the automotive community. But I think in I think in decades to come, it's almost like the VW bus of of you know, kind of overlanding. It's like if you want something that you know is good, that's got a massive community of people who all that knowledge that's built up yeah. and camaraderie is really something we, along with Deb, so in, um, on uh, the 3rd of August in Littleton, Colorado at the Haggerty facility, we're going to be doing Taco Tuesday. And so we're trying to get the word out to as many. We'd love to see as many tacos as we can. But, you know, look, and especially me being a New Yorker, some Jeep folks want to come out and engage in a little trash talk, then that's okay with me. I'm built <laughs> for that. That's where I'm, you know, you know how that is, right? Yeah, oh, exactly. Like New York, oh, Boston. yeah. We used to, uh, when I first went to San Francisco, we did a thing called the New York City Street Games, and it was uh, on a Sunday afternoon, and we'd sit around in a schoolyard, just trash talk each other for four hours. It was great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It was, it was awesome, man. Play, play stickball and, 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 and just, you know, get on each other. All right. If people want more information, and I love the idea of the Taco Tuesday with the Tacoma out in uh, Littleton. And I hope that people, if, uh, if they're listening online, they're in the area. And I'm also going to let a few of my friends in Denver know about that. Uh, yeah. If, if they interrupt they there. Go up, if they go to drivetortacure.org. It's up there right now. And so they can see all the details. It's going to be a good time, you know. We're right. gonna, it, it'll be nice for me to get back and see some sports car folks and sports cars and all that. But I couldn't be more proud driving this truck up um, and interacting with some of the folks that really use them, you know, that uh, that that allowed to get out uh, into uh, into the wild and um, and have so much fun doing it. It'd be such a fun truck to do it in, you know. All right. If you want more information, drivetortacure.org is the place to go. You can also uh, contribute there uh, and also sign up, which is the most important thing. Sign yeah. up if you're going on vacation and you want to help uh, find a cure for Parkinson's disease. You can sign up that every mile that you drive on vacation is uh, you get sponsors, kind of like a walkathon, except it's a drivathon. It makes it you can enjoy it. You can sit back. You can actually drink uh a latte while you're doing it. It's it's the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much, man. We'll check in with you next week. My pleasure. All yeah, right, my friend. Yeah. Take and it. Hey, real quick, for those who sign Eden, up, if, if... who joins us uh, every Saturday morning, uh, to uh, he's on the road for Drive Toward a Cure. All right, let's um, bring in my friend now. We go from on the road to on the road with a vintage car. Uh, my next guest is a person who has hosted the Vintage Vehicle Program. Uh, if you've been tooling around cable TV for, I don't know, the past 20 years or so, uh, you've, you've probably seen one of the hundreds of episodes of it. He is, uh, uh, besides being a good friend and a great guy, 
Uh, he is probably, I would say, the biggest expert on classic cars in this area, in the, in, in the uh, Seattle area. He knows him. He uh, appraises him. And he takes a look at him. He's on his way out to a car event today that he organized. Uh, Lance Lambert from the Vintage Vehicle Show joins us. Lance, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And I am doing great. Good, good. It's good to hear your voice, man. It's been a while. Uh, everything okay? Every, everything's good. Uh, you know, still having lots of fun. The sunshine. I'm going to be hanging out with my car buddies today. So all is well. Good, good. How is the uh, how's the car show scene here in uh, in uh, Western Washington? Uh, you know, obviously last year it was pukut. You know, you, you couldn't do anything. But has it bounced back to? Uh, uh, to, to the levels it was, and is it even maybe even a little bit bigger because people had a lot of time to work on their cars? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's bounced back for sure. I, I'd say we're running at about sixty percent of where we were a couple of years ago. But a lot of shows today, as an example, I know of about ten shows in the area that are happening today. So things are are doing well. And you're right there. I, I went to a show recently at the Triple X in Issaquah. And a lot of new cars, uh, people dealt with COVID by hanging out in their garage and turning wrenches and spraying paint. And now there's some new iron out there that hadn't been around a couple of years ago. Yeah, I've even seen, you know, uh, down here in Edmonds, Sunset Drive, a lot of people go down here and on a Friday night just cruise by. And I've seen two or three cars that I just hadn't seen before. And it's really neat to, uh, you know, to see that uh, the classic car thing uh, you know, the, the, the fun, the hobby, the part of it that, that people uh, love and spend so much money on is is alive and well here and, um, you know, in, in a place that's, uh, you know, beautiful cause, beautiful place. It's really, yeah. it, it's awesome to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, uh, Lance, what, what are we, um, what's the, the market like right now? I mean, uh, you know, I, I heard somebody saying, well, you know, you, there's no bargains out there. The, you know, people are now treating these cars as uh, investments as opposed to, uh, you know, something that they love and it's just driven the market crazy. You can't get into a classic car right now. I, I don't think that that's true necessarily, but you're the guy that knows, so I'll ask you. Well, what I'm observing is um, several things. One of them in the in the recent past in the last year or so the uh, cost of a, a classic or special interest car has, has bumped up over the years i've noticed by that i mean decades there seems to be you know, used to be able to buy a good car for five thousand dollars a long time ago and then boom overnight it went to 10 and then boom overnight it went to 15. uh it's kind of an entry level uh price but I see the, the websites that I follow and the other appraisers that I talk to and, and the people in the car community, everybody had assumed that the hobby was kind of going to wind down because all these old geezers were slowing down and, and all, but it's, it's not doing that. It's, it's picking up. Uh, prices are up there. There's still bargains. There's always bargains to find. I always tell people, if, if you give me 5,000, I can find you a car that's at least fun. It'll get you into a car show. And, and 10,000, you start finding interesting things. And 15, I'll, I'll find you something really good. But it's I don't hear so much about the investors coming in and parking the cars and, and sitting on them for a while and reselling them or, or the cars being shipped out of the country. I'm seeing just a lot of the um, kind of average Joe spending uh, you know some of his retirement money on on something really special. The guy that's always wanted the 40 Ford his whole life is finally buying it. And the, the guy that wanted the, the 32 Ford or the 57 Chev, they they know the time is uh, is drawing to a close. So they are uh, stepping up and paying the money and, and having a great time with their cars. Now you may as well drive your retirement fund, right? You insure it. You're, not, you're probably not going to lose money on a classic car, especially when you see some of the prices they're going for. And, um, yeah. you know, it's not something you usually get into to make money. I mean, I mean, most people will tell you that, you know, they have more in, in their classic cars than they ever thought they would, uh, because the, you know, it takes a certain amount of maintenance. You want to improve things. You want to uh, make the car better. 
what shocks me is when I see the holes of cars, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, you see a hull of a uh, 64 four-door Chevy uh, Biscayne, and it's going for seven or $8,000. That's mm. what kind of shocks me a little bit, junkyard cars. Yeah, well, it's, it's, at least it's a place to start. Uh, and, and I've always been, uh, always go for the odd car. I've, I've got a, a 50 Studebaker and a 59 Hillman in my garage. And, you know, uh. not many of us have 50 Studebakers, and who the heck wants a 59 Hillman? But uh, guys like me, you know, we can appreciate the fact that a, a four-door sedan is certainly nowhere near as cool as a as a two-door hardtop but it's a start and for some of us we we kind of you know when we go to the uh, humane society we're the ones that that come home with the blind three-legged dog and we we appreciate these uh uh ones that other people don't but it's it's a great way to get in the hobby and, and you're still driving around in a in a neat old car that when you go to the grocery store everybody wants to talk to you or when you go to the car show they're they're welcoming you in and and uh, so I'm, I'm okay with with the junkyard cars and of course you know you'd rather have something a lot nicer but uh, it's a good place to start yeah it gives you it gives you a place to start gives you a uh uh you know, kind of a, uh, a a point where you can get into the hobby for maybe a little bit less and really start to uh, to learn a lot. What what you know, it's it's interesting to me also, Lance, and you, you, I'm sure you you follow this along that there's so much information now out there on on the internet on YouTube. I mean, you can get a car and virtually learn how to do almost anything on a car by um, by jumping on YouTube. And if you want to know how to paint the car, you want to know how to, you know, pull an engine, all, all the different things that people want to do, you know, do to a car uh, if they buy a classic uh, is all out there on YouTube where before you always had to take it to a shop. You always had to, you can, if you are, are a person that has a little bit of a chutzpah to them, uh, you can go out and, uh, and, and do a lot of these repairs and things yourself. Yeah. And, and the thing that's, that's great uh, about that is that uh, those people that put those things on YouTube are nice enough to do that to take the time to you know set their 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 phone up or whatever and and help all of us out here. I think it's just every time I go to YouTube for something like that, I think this person was nice enough to do this. This is great and and it certainly made uh, a, a job easier to do. You know, if you're looking at a at a manual or something, it it can be like looking at, at uh, some foreign language. But when somebody's there showing you piece by piece and movement by movement, part by part, how to do something, that's really great that they've done that. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is. Now, and we're talking to Lance Lambert from the Vintage Vehicle Show. Uh, Lance, if, if people want, is there a, um, a, a central place in Western Washington or even the state of Washington, where people can go to look and see where there are car shows and where they can uh, take uh, their grandkids or their sons out to to walk through a lot, see some of these great cars. Uh, it, it seems to me that uh, there's not a central place, but maybe I'm not just looking hard enough. Well, as far as a physical location, as far as I'm concerned, Mecca in the greater Seattle area is a triple X drive in Issaquah. Oh, yeah. They have a show almost and and it may be every sunday there's something going on out there and and you know one week it's all tri five chevs and the next week it's a mopar show and and the next week it might be something as fun as antique trailers but there's always something going on and then they have uh, they put out a, a schedule on their website that that hasn't been currently updated because of some of the confusion with whether shows are happening or not because of COVID. But if you are actually at the place, they keep a a big rack uh, on the building there that is just full of flyers for various shows. You just go there and and you might have forty different shows to to pick from that are happening over the summertime and all the information is available there so if you want a real uh you know real hit of of old cars and and period nostalgia for the era of those cars triple x and Issaquah's place to go and, and is there a website uh, you know back in in pittsburgh i, I spent some uh, as you know spent the 10 years in pittsburgh 
uh, just a couple of years ago. And uh, there was a, a, you know, like kind of a central website where you could go and, and they compiled and said, okay, this, this Sunday, there's going to be these shows. Boom, 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 boom. Is, is there anything like that out here? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to look at something at my computer here uh, because a friend of mine uh, has put something like that together. There used to be Cruising Magazine used to have a great schedule, but they are no longer uh, producing yeah. that magazine. And uh, the Triple X schedule used to be pretty good, but like I said, the confusion on on what's happening and what isn't. But if uh, if your listeners go to, uh, I'm getting the, if they go to the, uh, if they email. I am cruising. Uh, I the letter I M K R U Z N. I am cruising at Comcast.net. Uh, it's my friend Bud Norton, and he puts out a really good uh, schedule of just everything that's going on. Uh, so right now, that's that's the best schedule I know of for what's happening in the Northwest of where to go on on your weekends. Great, great. That's that because that's something where you know if, if you're not going to take that long trip, or you have a weekend, and you're sitting around saying, "What am I doing this Sunday?" You know, or or Saturday, you hit that thing and and um, boom, maybe you have a chance to uh, you know to go see something that you haven't seen before. Lance, how how has cars and coffee affected the collector car or the um, you you know just the general classic car scene, um, uh, not only here but around the country. I think it's huge. It, it's kind of everywhere here. And, you know, I have a cars and coffee that if I wasn't talking to you right now, I'd be there. That's about a mile and a half from my house. And then there's the, the big one at Redmond town center. They, they have hundreds of cars that come to that on Saturday mornings, but they, they, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, one end of Seattle to the other on a Saturday morning is probably four different places to, go to a cars and coffee and and i think that's just a reflection of what's happening all over the country because i certainly hear about it a lot and then it also provides you know maybe you don't want to to uh, climb in your car at six in the morning and and drive to a show and park on a slab of asphalt and sit there till three or four in the afternoon maybe you just want to have a couple hours of kicking tires and talking to car friends and that's where i think cars and coffee are, are the best thing you, you go and you you know you arrive at eight o'clock you leave at 10 o'clock you've got the whole day ahead of you you've got your car fix already for the day uh so it, it's a it's a real positive influence it's one of the best things that's happened in the hobby i'd say in the last five years or so yeah yeah i i really enjoy it i mean it's, it's a chance to talk to other people that uh, and the diversity of cars you know sometimes we get caught up in that thing where uh, we go to car shows and it's, you know, if you have an El Camino, you go to the El Camino show and maybe uh, you stop by a couple other Chevy shows. Um, if you, uh, you know, but, but the cars and coffee, you never know what's good. There's everything from little, uh, you know, um, um, Morgans and, and MGs all the way up to, uh, you know, the, the accuracy that people are throwing loud mufflers on and, and running around on the street. Right. I've been real surprised. My my Hillman Minx, it's all restored, but you know who restores a four door fifty nine Hillman Minx? But when I take that to uh, the various cars and coffees it's been to, I can park next to a, a, a perfect fifty seven Chev, and I you know three times as many people are going to be all over that Hillman because it's unusual and different, and they haven't seen it before. And so you you find people uh, that appreciate something a little bit different at some of those cars and coffee. Yeah, see, I, I love the odd car, the orphan car, the cars that, you know, the Hillman part of the Roots group uh, with Simca and and, and, trying, and so many other different uh, of those uh, those great, uh, you know, kind of the, the sweet spot of the British uh, auto industry and, and the beginning, really, of, of the foreign car invasion here in, uh, in the United States. I mean, people always talk about Volkswagen uh, being the first, but... Uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, English Fords and uh, Hillmans and and um, Simcas and and different uh, British cars that made it over here pretty quickly uh, as well. If uh, you know, if you were in the uh, you know around in the in the fifties or sixties and you 
looked at cities that had foreign cars, mostly New York, Los Angeles, Seattle, San Francisco, where there was a, a larger uh, base of, of uh, foreign cars. The British cars had a pretty good representation. I just recently sold a beautiful 64 uh, Volkswagen. It was all restored, and it was really, really exceptional car. But when I compare driving that 64 Volkswagen to the 59 Hillman, the, the, the five-year earlier Hillman is a much superior car, it's kind of as far as everything, as far as comfort and, and drivability and, and being able to see out of it. And I, I'm kind of surprised that, I mean, I'm a, I've had five Volkswagens. I love them. But I'm surprised that uh, some of the, the roots cars, like you say, the, the, some of the British cars weren't more, uh, you know, all over the place like Volkswagens were because I think you were getting a whole lot more for your money. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I also remember my father, when he would have to fix one, screaming uh, bloody murder because he had, oh, I got to go to the foreign car park place. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day. Lance, yeah. it's so good to catch up with you, man. It's, it's good to hear your voice. And um, if people want to see the Vintage Vehicle Show, how do they, uh, how do they find that? And how can it, can it get past episodes? Or how does that work? Well, it depends on, on where your listeners are living. We're still, you know, we, the show was on the air for 23 years. We did 465 episodes, and we were on over 100 stations across the country and 27 foreign markets. So some of those stations are still running reruns, but the, the quick and easy way to do it is go to YouTube, put in VV Productions, uh, you'll come to our, our YouTube channel, and there are hundreds of, of uh, short pieces and hundreds of full episodes there. So, And then we have a, a, a Facebook page, Finished Vehicle Show. Love to have people um, you know, become uh, a friend or join that Facebook page. And I post about every 10 days, I post an episode on that Facebook page. So uh, a little bit of effort, you'll, you'll find the show. Great, great. Lance, it's so good to uh, hear your voice and uh, and to talk to you. Hopefully we can get together in person sometime soon. Uh, I really appreciate you taking some time this morning. I know. What, what, are you out to, going out to an event today? Is there a car show that people could go and, and well, take a look I, at today? I, I've been a member of the Steeds Car Club. I was one of the founding members in 1962, and we're still going strong with about 70 members. Well, today we're doing what we call a drive-in drive. We're uh, starting out of Frisco Freeze in Tacoma, which is a drive-in that many of us hung out at when we were in high school, and then drive into the Pickwick drive-in in uh, Fife, and then drive into Lucky's drive-in in Parkland, and then going to cruise through uh, Point Defiance Park. That uh, so, if somebody wants to see some old cars today, if they if they end up at Frisco Freeze at about 11:30 or or Pickwick at about 12:30 or or Lucky's uh, at about two 1:30 or two, they're going to see a, a bunch of really cool old cars. So that's that's my car show for the day. Wow, that that that's awesome. I love Frisco Freeze too. My friend lives a couple of blocks away. Uh, from Frisco Freeze, and it's a must-stop anytime I'm uh, I'm down in, in Tacoma, man. All right, it's it's good to talk to you, my friend. Uh, be well, and, and I will uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Benny, great to hear from you. Great to talk to you too, Lance. Thank you so very much for uh, taking the time to come on with us, Lance Lambert from the Vintage Vehicle Show. Uh, you talk about a guy that's plugged into uh, the classic car scene and uh, has has given. Uh, enjoyment and counsel and advice and uh, uh, so much, giving so much to the classic car industry, uh, the classic car hobby, I should say, more than industry, but it is an industry as well. Um, you know, besides maybe Terry Drager up north, uh, Lance has really, um, really uh, become and, and is uh, the, the, the go-to guy when it comes to the hobby and if you uh if you need a car appraised or you need uh advice on is uh you know i want to buy a classic car for my husband as a uh a 65th uh, you know retirement gift or 65th birthday gift or something like that he's the guy to talk to he knows uh, he knows where they're buried uh it, 
and, and uh, or not buried or for sale at the, at the very least. All right, take a quick break here. We'll come back. we got our Saturday morning cartoon. It is Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW. All right, now let's see if we can find first. No, that's not it. Believe me, it's in there somewhere. No matter how rough you treat a rebel, it's awfully hard to hurt it. A survey of professional driving schools shows that they use more of our cars than any other kind. How am I doing? A lot better than yesterday. Turn left. I can't do it while you're watching me. Okay, turn left. How does it feel the first time out in traffic, Mr. Moss? Mr. Moss? Mr. Moss? Look out for the truck! What truck? Behind the bus! What bus? The Rebel has held its own against some of the worst drivers in the world. Should I turn the windshield wiper on? At this point, it looks like the Rebels are going to outlast the teachers. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. All right, back with you on Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW, New York. Vinny hanging out with you along with Nathan, the producer, who's making everything work back at the uh, studio. And we always appreciate the work he does. Time now for our Saturday morning cartoon. Cars and music go together so well. So for uh, for my purposes, for your purposes, to uh, entertain us a little bit, we always pick out a a car-related uh, tune, music, piece of music every Saturday morning and uh, play it for you to get you kind of snapping your fingers a little bit. We're the only car show in the country that takes requests. All right, let's, uh, let's go way back, way back. Oh, way back. This may possibly be the most popular car song of all time. I mean, some people could go with Little GTO or you know, by Ronnie and the Daytonas or 409 by uh, the Beach Boys. But this this song was so universal and still today uh, is uh, appears in children's books and, and you know, uh, videos and stuff like that. Uh, these are from 1958, I believe, uh, the Playmates and one of the classic novelty tunes of all time. There you go, the Playmates, and beep, beep. If you were a fan of the old Dr. Demento show, you, uh, I'm sure, heard that song before. We used to play it almost every week, I think, uh, was was just a great, but it was a big hit for the Playmates. Uh, the Playmates uh, out of Connecticut uh, back in the 50s, and uh, that song uh, sold over a million copies and actually helped the uh, American Motors company that made the Rambler um, sell more cars. People actually heard that song and, and got interested in Ramblers and went into the showrooms and uh, they set production and sales records during the time uh, that that car was, and I think it was 58. I, I think I said, I forget what I said, 56, 58. Um, um, when that, when that song was popular. So it, it, was a great tool for uh, George Romney and American Motors. Interesting little story about that car too, is that uh, the BBC at the time uh, did not include, would, would not let you use a brand name in a song. You couldn't sing a song and say Rambler or Cadillac. So they had to re record uh, for the European market uh, a, a, a different version that used the ge generic terms limousine and bubble car. So, that, you know, the, the Britain, like we were saying before, they always do things a little bit differently. Well, you know, there you go. But a great uh, fun song, Beep Beep by the Playmates. All right, real quick break here. We come back and uh, we will. Um, oh, before we break, before we break, Nathan, you got a question to ask me? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask my pally. Uh, I am driving this week. Uh, got a nice, I got a mini, I'm in a run of trucks right now. Last week, I drove the Ford Ranger Tremor. This week, I'm in the uh, 2021 Chevrolet Silverado uh, Z71 Duramax diesel. 
uh, pickup truck. And uh, it's, um, it's big, it's beefy, it's not so bouncy. It rides like, it rides like a Cadillac. And um, it's, uh, it's a, nice, uh, a nice truck. I haven't had a chance to really take it out and, um, you know, uh, take it off road or anything. I'll do that probably later today or tomorrow. But I was very, very impressed with the smoothness of the ride, the smoothness of the diesel. I mean, you can hardly tell uh, that you're driving a diesel uh, with this uh, with this truck. I mean, it's quiet, it's not spewing smoke out the back. And even though diesels, I think, are you know probably on their way out. Uh, as far as uh, power plants for cars, I personally really like them. I think they give you a lot of torque, a lot of towing power. Um, this particular truck right now is uh, fits the bill on that a lot. So that that's what I'm driving this week. Um, as a matter of fact, you know what? Why don't we uh, uh, why don't we bring Nathan in for a second? Because uh, Nathan's uh, we, we we always want to check in with Nathan and find out what he's uh, what he's doing because uh, you know all of the young women that send him fan letters it's it's almost amazing to see uh we're gonna start calling him rockstar nathan nathan rockstar how, how how's your week going nathan by the way oh it's going well i'm gonna be ending it on a high note going to the mariners game this evening yes uh, you, you were saying before that you are heading to um head, heading to uh, uh, the uh, mariners and the a's tonight um that should be a lot of fun man i mean I, you know mariners are uh, playing some decent ball and beat the a's last night and, uh, it'll, you know, it's always a fun time at the ballpark, but you're going to be in kind of the fancy, fancy part of the ballpark, aren't you? Yeah, I was blessed with getting some sweet seats, uh, pun sort of intended. We'll be sitting in the sweet side. I think probably third base. I can't really uh, say for sure. I've never really been into suites before and not familiar with their section numbers, but the person who invited me says they'll probably be on the third base side. So pretty good vi- uh, view of the field overall and excited to see Logan Gilbert pitch for the first time. A lot of yeah. high hopes, hopes for him. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are, are very high on, on Logan. You, um, my advice to you, Nathan is bring plastic bags. Yes. Uh, this, you, Cause you know, they serve food buffet style there. So you could take a few sandwiches and stick it in your uh, plastic bag, take it home and you got lunch tomorrow. Well, that too, and they changed their bag policy at the stadium too. You can't really bring, you got to have, I think, translucent uh, bags that are kind of on the smaller side. Yeah. So to carry your stuff out, yeah, you can't really bring a drawstring bag anymore. No, no, no. You just got, no, you just bring a little plastic, a little plastic uh, glad bag, and and you'll be in, man. You'll, uh... (laughs) that's the plan. (laughs) A wonderful thing. All right, Nathan. Let's uh, let's get to the um, let, you know. Let's go right to the uh, the uh, the road test. Oh boy! The drive time radio road test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, nothing ugly about this particular one. Uh, we're taking a look at the Ford Ranger Tremor. Uh, this uh, fine Saturday morning. Um, as you heard um, Jeff talking about before, really when you come up with the um, uh, the off-road lifestyle, uh, there are certain trucks that people gravitate to. Uh, the, the main one being uh, the Toyota Tacoma, which is a smaller truck that has uh, versions of it that have things like uh, uh, dual piston shocks and beefier springs and uh, different off-road uh, things that people uh, use and like and wanna, want in a truck these days. And uh, these packages uh, are very successful, for uh, have been very successful, a TRD package for Tacoma. Well, now all these different manufacturers are taking aim uh, at them in the smaller truck market. And uh, Ford has come up with the Ranger Tremor. It is um, uh, really when you when you look at this thing, it's uh, uh, you know it's it's a small truck. It's not quite the Raptor, which is their super truck, but it it gives you um, a lot of what the Raptor does in toughness 
and in off-road ability. The packages in this car, uh, in this truck, I should say, uh, that are available really uh, set you up to go off-road, to go up the forest road, to get off the beaten path without a lot of having to go down to the, um, to the you know, uh, uh, store and buy a lot of different stuff. It'll take you, you know, camping. It'll take you climbing mountains. It'll take you where you want to go off the beaten path. And uh, I think it's, uh, you know, it's something that really, when you take a look at the, the midsize pickup truck uh, segment, definitely, without a doubt, gives you that toughness in that smaller truck. And that's what I found, uh, you know, driving the Ranger around. Uh, now, Chevrolet Colorado also, uh, we tested it earlier in the year, comes up with, uh, you know, that same type of package in their trail boss, the ZR1. Uh, but the Ranger, I don't know, for, for some reason, seems to be uh, uh, with the, the fatter tires, the better shock absorbers, the better rear springs, um, is actually better than, than the original Ranger uh, that's been out for a couple of years. It, um, it fixes a lot of the flaws of the old Ranger by giving you top-of-the-class payload, top of the class tow ratings it um it has it it, it makes the uh, the ranger into a, a car that is uh, comfortable on the road as well as durable off the road all the stuff is there from the ranger uh but you also put dampers on all the corners with reservoirs you can uh a, a, adjust them you got the uh, continental grabber tires uh, and many people that review these things in uh, the off-road uh, say it's the toughest and best truck in the category. Will people go and migrate from the Tacoma to the Ranger? That remains to be seen. It's a smaller payload capacity in this truck than many of the other uh, uh, trucks, but it does carry more than the Colorado ZR2. Uh, so a good, uh, a, you know, a good truck, something if you're in that market for an off-road truck, you should be taking a look at. That will put it in the books for us for another edition of Drive Time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Nathan, Lance Lambert, and uh, Jeff Newton for joining us. We will catch up with you next Saturday morning at um, 8 o'clock at the Lord's Willing and the Creek Don't Rise right here on Drive Time Radio. Have a good week.